Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. It's black cap. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down. Well done. Bye bye. Hello and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast. (laughs) I knew I'd fuck it up already. If you have a problem and no one else can find, no one else can find. (laughs) I did say at the beginning of the show, I'm going to fuck this up. Right. I'm not going to do that one. No, it's ruined. I've killed it. With me tonight, it's John. You right, John? Uh, Yeah, I don't know how to follow up that intro. Uh, I'm good, thanks, Danny. <laughs> See, I always just go and I'll do, I'll do the intro, whatever's in my mind. If I write one down, I said to these lot before I started, I'm going to crack up laughing. I'm not going to be able to get it done. And what did I do? I messed up the beginning bit, which I get right every time. And the other bit, nightmare. It's going to move on. Pretend it didn't happen, people. I'm very good, John. Also with us is Drew. Back two weeks in a row, Drew. You all right? It's the apocalypse. You, you said it yourself. I've been back twice and more times than I've been in like the last three years. So thanks for having me. Oh, dear. Well, now you've got wonderful internet and uh, we can do it <laughs> properly. It, it's good. Uh, apart from Apple's trying to sabotage you, but we've managed to get past that. Mm, indeed. Also coming back for, I don't know how many times you've been on, Richard, but it's Richard, Cactus Cash. You all right, mate? Hello, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Well, Are you, you good? Yeah, now that you're no longer having to use Firefox, we're using Google Chrome again because I think that's the problem we've been having with people because we counted and I'd count to three and then an hour later, Richard would go four. That's how much of a delay there is if you use Firefox. (laughs) He's not clapping his hands because he's happy. He's clapping his hands because that was the other test that I'm not going to tell you about. Right, um, tonight we are going to be starting off with the news about Granite Xhaka has stopped. What's the right word to use? He's been stopped. He's had the captain taken off him, I suppose. Excellent. Right answer. He's had the captaincy stripped from him. John, what do you think about that? Because it's only just happened. Look at us. We're the first to say it, probably. Oh, breaking news. <laughs> By the time this is out, probably everyone's already done their podcast and put it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably doing it live. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's not surprising. I, I thought it was going to happen. Um, the only way maybe it wouldn't have happened if because Emery has the whole five captain things, if Xhaka gets back in the team, he's just not given the armband, but it's not really mentioned that he's not a captain anymore. Um, so it's not a huge shock. I don't think uh, the club looks particularly good. I don't think Emery looks particularly good. It's probably the right thing to do. Um, but this the, the issue with all of this stems back to the way Emery decided to choose his captain picking five, uh, letting the players vote for who they wanted to be, the main captain, all that kind of thing. I know he's not the manager, he's the coach, but even if you're the coach, you still have to impose yourself on the team and he didn't do that. He should have just picked someone. It was pretty clear, even at the end of last season, Xhaka was not particularly a fan favourite at that time and he was struggling with some performances. I do think the criticism against him has been massively over the top at times. Um, you know, it's 11 players on the pitch. It's not one individual who makes errors every single game and, and costs us points. But um, as you think, this all goes back to the summer and Emery just, I, I don't know if it's lack of confidence in himself or he didn't think the players would back him if he made the choice himself. So I think it really goes back on the manager. And if anything, this just alienates Xhaka a bit more because it probably, t- if I'm Granite Xhaka now, after all the things Emery said about him after the outburst in the game and the way Xhaka came back out with his sort of non-apology almost, 
Um, I don't think like he's, he's going to feel like he's got the club's backing at all. He is uh, Xhaka at the moment has played 144 games for Arsenal. He's our third most experienced Arsenal-wise player. And so the captaincy has now gone to Young, who was vice-captain. Third captain is now going to be... No, and vice-captain is now going to be Bellerin, which is a lot of people's choice. And then it's Lacazette, and then it's Ozil. Drew, what did you say to us about before the pod about Young being captain? I think it's the dumbest decision this club could have possibly done. Honestly, it's, and it's not just because... I don't think he's captain material. I mean, you guys know, you know, my affinity with Dortmund and, <clears throat> you know, everything that went on with, with his departure from the club. But for me, just being a, 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 just a focal point of, of laughter and hilarity and always smiling and, and that doesn't make you a captain. Like he, he, he's a clown. He's, you know, he's a good spirited guy, but being a good spirited person doesn't mean you're a good captain. And it's particularly, you know, he has a little bit of a history of, you know, making the ground shake when things don't go his way. Um, he'll be the first to down tools if something goes awry, you know, if he wants a new contract. And as an example, he hasn't signed a new contract yet. So why are we making someone who isn't that committed to the club currently the captain in the first place? So to me, it just seems like we're just trying to appease him to get him to stay. And if that is, in fact, the reason, that's the worst possible choice imaginable for a reason to make captain, to make somebody captain, uh, especially because... You know, this club wants to speak about its long-term future, its long-term goals. You know, who's to say Obama Young is going to be here for four or five years? He's already, you know, he's already over the 30 hump. So, you know, it, you could easily suggest he'll only be here for the extent, for the length of his current deal. So why make this decision? You have Hector Bayern, who I think would have been a more logical choice. Um, I think he understands the club probably better than anybody in, in the first team currently. Um I think he knows what it means to, to truly fight for what you believe in for the club, uh, especially when, when things aren't going your way with, with his injury and the way he's introduced. And um, he has that inherent understanding that maybe something like Opa doesn't have. Um, but also just, you know, I think he's shown that level-headed sensibility through the many things he's dealt with, the way he responded to uh, the shock incident, the way he handled how things went on with that uh, AFTV controversy a little bit while ago, with the way he carried himself shows you that he has that mentality that you kind of want. Um, and again, he's, he's still young. So, uh, and there's been no indication that he wants to leave either. Um, he seems to be quite happy here. Um, the fan base love him. So I just don't understand, you know, why the old decision makes sense. But again, and again, I have a different, maybe I have a different, uh, you know, figure to a different pulse in terms of, um, what have you as a captain, but I think maybe Oba does one or two things well that you want in a captain, but can anyone of us here in this call really say that we've seen actual leadership from him on the pitch? When he goes missing, he goes completely missing. You know, when things don't go his way and service is poor, he's, he's quiet, doesn't try to rile people up, doesn't try to get the players motivated, kind of hangs his head, but when things are all good and gravy and he's scoring and he's getting the service, then he's all happy. Is that captain material to you if i'm a coach and and i am thankfully that's not someone i pick as captain you know captain has to be the, the most vocal one there on and off the pitch when things are good when things are bad you know when we're in that gray area i just don't understand it and i i think it's i think it's more of a more of appeasement i won't speak about um if i think jacques should have been shipped or not that that, that was john's topic but i do feel like the choice we've made as his replacement is very much because i think he's well liked amongst the fan base and i think 
Emery trying to get the fans back on his side. And I don't think that he was necessarily convinced that Jacques should have been captain in the first place. I think this was almost kind of like his avenue into saying, well, now I can correct the mistake that maybe I didn't fully stand by before. And it's kind of one that was voted for, but it wasn't really my choice. So, Yeah, I agree with that. Right After I'll ask Richard his thoughts on it. I'm going to go back to everybody starting with John. I want your captain and vice captain. So, Richard, what's your thoughts on the, the whole situation? Uh, I, I kind of agree with a lot of uh, what Drew was saying. Um, I, so it, it seems a, ve- a bit short-sighted the appointment of uh, Aubameyang as captain. I think he's—I don't think he'll do a bad job particularly. Um, but I, w- I would have gone with 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 Bellerin would have been uh, my my pick. I think he's—I say he, he's coming out as a, 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 a dressing room leader. He speaks really, really well on and off the pitch. Um, he would have been mine. I mean, has Aubameyang really? I don't know too much about his time with uh, with Dortmund and stuff like that. Has he been that much of a troublemaker? I didn't think he was. I mean, it's it's how he handles issues when and if they arise that is my cause of concern. He's like I said, he's fine when things are fine. I mean, he's always going to be the biggest personality in the room, but when things are not going his way, it's how he comports himself at that point that concerns me. So if there's ever an issue at the club with him, which we haven't had yet, thankfully, but if there ever is, that's my worry. How would it, how would he as captain then handle himself? Maybe he's matured over the time and maybe he'll handle it a little bit differently. I don't know that, obviously, but I can only speak to how he handled himself at Dortmund. And whatever came out from the Dortmund camp during his time there in the round to his leaving wasn't just rhetoric because he definitely handled himself poorly. Um, you know, the Dortmund brass didn't handle it well either, but he didn't really rise above it. So I think that's for me is the issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any like like grave concerns as yet as over Bamiang. I think like he's done some, uh, you know, little things like you know, like um, I think it was earlier in the season when uh, to get Pepe off the mark, he gave the penalty to to Pepe. I can't remember what game it was in. Was it the Villa game? With Lacazette as well, didn't he? Hmm. So like you know, he he obviously, I, I think he's he's good at thinking about the you know the rest of the team and the rest of the squad in that respect. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think I think the the Jack thing would did become a little bit untenable um, with what, how it went about and his quote unquote apology kind of thing. But I just kind of want to put the sorry thing behind us and just like crack on really. <laughs> okay. John, start with you. Who would be your captain and vice captain and why? Um, the thing is when I look at, I've got the squad up in front of me because I was thinking about it and like Bellerin was the, sort of obvious pick in terms of a captain. So I think what Drew said about how he handles himself off the pitch when he talks about all his fashion things and he obviously has been in London a long time and I think he has a real understanding for the club. Um, I'm not sure he's necessarily the most rabble-rousing sort of person vocally on the pitch. I think those kind of captains are probably a, a little bit of a bygone era and you don't tend to get them anymore. So... You kind of have to settle for what you've got. But in terms of like a vice captain, I'm looking through the squad and I'm like, I, there's no one there who screams out to me like vice captain. Like I know a lot of people might have shouts for someone like Gwenduzi and I get that, but he's such a young guy and so inexperienced. I know he shows a lot of passion and everything, but he also shows a lot of stupidness at times on the pitch, which is something obviously that will change with as he gets older. Um but looking through the squad, there just isn't standout players for me. Xhaka did make sense in the fact he does it for his national team. The the players in the squad clearly do respect him. And I get what Drew's saying as well. I think, I think he's right in pick, uh, Emery maybe trying to get the fans on side of picking a Bamiyang. He's clearly obviously a talisman within the team. 
the team relies on him a lot for goals and they uh, clearly love him and you see all the stuff in the training ground and everything. But I don't think he's necessarily going to be the one to, you know, grab the team and drag them through a game. Uh, in that sense, we're really struggling. He might get you a winning goal, but he's, I don't know, it's not the same as when Henri was captain, for example. He had that kind of leadership skill about him. Um, so, honestly, I don't know who I'd give the vice captaincy to. Uh, I Genuinely, I've got no idea. Maybe you do have to give it to someone like Gwendouzi or, you know, one of the youngsters. Because that squad just doesn't scream out captains at all for me, really. The only problem I was just looking with Bellerin, which should be my personal choice, he's missed all 11 games this season, missed 19 games last season through this for, for another injury. And then the season before that, he missed three. Before that, this is league games only. He missed five. Game before season before that, he missed two. So I think once he's over this hump of injuries, Drew, uh, I think that would be a good choice. What's your choice of the captain and vice captain? I mean, if, it, if it's me today, I think Baron should actually get it. I, and like John said, I think vice captain is a little bit more difficult to choose. And he's 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 no no on the hand. You know, you have uncertainty with Lacazette and Aubameyang despite their level of experience. Mesut Ozil, same thing. We don't know if he's going to be here, you know, for the next half of the season, let alone next year. We don't know what his plans are. Um, you could give a decent shout to Bert Leno, maybe. You know, he's been playing senior football since he was 20 years old. You know, he does have... Uh, he comports himself well. He's, he communicates well, at least with the press and, you know, with the fan base. Um, he's always positive. Um, but for me, I think... My biggest gripe with him has always been that he's a poor communicator on the pitch. And do you really want your captain to be a poor communicator on the pitch? It's not about necessarily running around and screaming at each other like Martin Keown, but you do need to have some semblance of communication skills amongst the team when you're playing. And I think he lacks that. So for me, I think that would be the only check mark against him, but that could be a consideration. But no, again, then I think when you look at our squad, because it's so young now, at least comparatively to, to other seasons, that you have to think long term. And you know, I know people are saying Ganduzi, but Ganduzi's the first to moan and complain when things don't go well, right? So do you really want that to have you know that quality in one of your captains? Maybe when he matures, sure I could see it, because I think he does have a lot of ingredients that can make him a good captain when he gets older. You know, he's still only twenty years old. There are very few twenty year olds in world football that actually get an arm man. There's a reason for that. Um so no, I think for now I would I'd go with Bayern and then I kind of think vice captain almost be up for grabs, but you maybe have to go with just one of the senior players just out of seniority. Maybe you make it like I said, or blah, 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 or even Mesut depending for whatever reason. But um, I think Bayern deserves it. And I don't know, I'll have to see, but hopefully maybe it's only a temporary appointment. We don't know, right? Maybe even if Aubameyang stays next season, maybe it's only just for the rest of the season and then they'll reconvene and make another decision long-term. But yeah, I don't know. For me, it'd be Bayern for sure. I um I agree with you there. I I picked Bernd Leno as my backup as my vice captain. He's played three hundred odd games for Leverkusen in his time there. I think I remember checking and he was captain for the last season that he was there. He's made it back into the Germany squad. And what do you want from a captain? You want someone who's going to be playing all the time and well, although Martinez hasn't looked good this season, I think that, that Liverpool game has maybe shown that Martinez isn't quite ready to fight Leno for the number one position. So you need someone who's going to play every game, which is one of the reasons why we picked Bellerin. Um Richard, you said uh, Bellerin, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Bellerin would have been my pick. Like I said, I think he gets the club. Um, he speaks really, really well. Um, I noticed last year, in the beginning of last year, he was a lot more vocal on the pitch, a lot more authoritarian, whereas he was a little bit meeker in the seasons before. He seems a bit, uh, <coughs> like I say, he's he's, he's 
come on leaps and bounds in that sort of um, area. Um, so I would have gone Bellerin. Um, I think, like I say, you could have like the 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 vice captain core of Aubameyang, Lacazette, Özil. Um, I know he's only just come into the club, but was was um, Kieran Tierney? Did he never? Did he captain um, Celtic at all? Uh, I don't think. I assume it was Scott Brown was his captain of Celtic, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he did do. Because I was, I was really impressed with his just little things. Like there was um there was a video going around of um after the penalty shootout, when we we lost, Liverpool scored the penalty, and you know the players all went to turn away. It was Bellerin and it was Tierney who were like, no, no, go go, go thank the fans, it's like taking ownership, taking Ooh, you know leadership thingy. He was captain twice for Celtic last season against Salzburg and Leipzig in the um in the Europa League. Mm. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be averse to chucking him in there, in the old vice captain uh, pot. Ah, I'm just going to go and have a look at 2017-18 and see if he was captain all of for any of these. No, he wasn't. Oh, yes, he was. He was captain against Kilmarnock in the Scottish League Cup. They won five nil, but he also played centre back. Oh, that's, hey. that's good to know, isn't it? There you go. So. I wanted to ask you, because obviously you get to ask all the questions, um, just before we move on from the captain thing, how do you think Xhaka is feeling right now? Obviously touched on it briefly, but he clearly didn't agree with what Emery said about how he was feeling and his mental state and everything and got quite annoyed with it. His apology, as it was, was, you know, not half-hearted. I think he was genuinely sorry for any... Fans who hadn't given him abuse, took offence to what he'd done. Um, but how do you think he's feeling now? Because if I'm Granite Xhaka, I feel like the club and the manager has just gone. No, you know what? We're throwing you under a bus. Well, I don't think he he wrote that email. Um, that email. He wrote that apology. I think that's probably um, um, worded by his people because it's always very very professionally done when they do that. And I suppose right now they're writing another one saying thank you very much. I accept losing the captaincy. Blah blah blah. He, well, he's been shit on by some of the fans. He's now been shit on by the club and by the manager. And I think the manager is using that to t- as a bit of a scapegoat. Like we said last week, the title of the podcast was Emery's Scapegoat 11. Well, there you go. He's been used as another scapegoat. I don't overly think that what he did was that bad. I mean, some of the fans do need to be told. If he, sh- he should have gone and punched some of them in the face because some of our fans are absolute scumbags. <laughs> and some of the shit he's had to put up with on social media, which we covered last week, is massively out of order. And it's just... It's just one more um, nail in, in the, uh, the Xhaka coffin because this isn't going to make him stay, is he? I mean, yeah, wasn't it rumoured that Inter Milan wanted him in the summer for 50 million? Yeah. I think he may be looking back at that now. If, it, if there's any any truth to it, we don't know, do we? But it's it's not... I think it, we, will, we will look back at this, or other fans that aren't level-headed will look back at this in a few years' time and go, that didn't really work out too well for a bloke who's given us a lot. And in the summer, like I've mentioned a few times, we had 1,500 players with 1,500 appearances for Arsenal go. We've now got Ozil on two, three, four, and we've only got three other players with more than 100 games, of which Mustafi doesn't play anymore, and Xhaka and Bellerin, and that's it. But when you've got Xhaka 144 games, you need to keep these experienced players at the club because that's who the younger players are going to be looking up to and leaders on the on and off the pitch. And he is. I mean, you're not going to argue with whenever there's I remember one time last season a bit of a scuffle and Kalasnic and him ran over to the scuffle. And if you're in a scuffle against Arsenal and those two big bastards turn up, you're going to think, oh fuck, that's going to be gone. Because Kalasnic isn't going to play anymore. He's now been demoted to League Cup. 
well, not even the League Cup anymore. It'll be the early rounds of the FA Cup and all the Europa League games. Now Tierney is the, the number one choice left back unless something goes wrong. So I think he's been massively hard done by. And there was no need to do that. But that's just Emery's style, isn't it? If he can take the pressure off of himself and blame someone else, I think it's not the first time he's done it for us and it won't be the last time. I'm I'm seeing loads of things of that um Jacka might go in January. Do you reckon he will go? Uh, I don't Do you reckon know. we'll sell him? Drew, do you know? I mean, I I don't know, but could you really necessarily blame him? I don't think overall you could say that it's necessarily worked out for him with us. You know, it's not to say that he's not a good player, but certainly, like we said in the last pod, certain players just don't work at certain clubs, you know, and I, I don't think that um, ideally, even if it's not Emery, you know, the next manager of Emery stays, I just don't think that he's cut out for um, the task at hand in terms of how we kind of want to play or the, the, the role we're providing him with. I think in a different role, he may have worked out and then the fan opinion might've been a little bit different, but um, no, I, I could see him leaving. Um, and I think there's enough about a lot of the young kids behind him that maybe the club won't have to necessarily panic and say, well, now we have to buy a replacement as well. They might just ride it out with the kids for the rest of the season. Um, and, and maybe that would suit you know their development and that kind of maybe pushes us forward. We might see a better balanced midfield because of it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's clear that he's not happy. I don't think anyone who <clears throat> that had that reaction when he came off the pitch, I think you, I don't think you can say that he's happy at the club. Um, obviously, I'm just speaking in my opinion. I could be dead or wrong. He could be thrilled about being here. But um, for me, that's just kind of the impression that I get. So, um, And it won't be short of suitors, you know, like 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 we've all said on countless pods. You know, Captain Switzerland, you know, he's Captain Gladbach. He's an experienced international. You know, he has a pretty good CV. So um, there'd be a host of clubs in, in the Bundesliga or, you know, France, Italy, Spain, that would, that would gladly take him on. And if we can get a decent fee for it, then you never know. But part of moving forward as a club is, is making sure that we make the right personnel changes and, and, and decisions. And if a player's not happy, then we definitely shouldn't try to keep them here just for the sake of it. Got to worry about the collective now moving forward. And it's not for nothing that we have a lot of uncertainty with the manager as well. The last thing we need is uncertainty with senior players. So... If he's not happy, just let him go and we move on and take it from there. Yeah, I could see him maybe going out on loan somewhere in January till the yeah. end of the season. With, with, with a view to buy in the summer. Depending. Yeah, maybe something like that, like yeah. a permanent move in the summer. Um, and it sort of it, it gives gives them gives the player time then to experience something somewhere else. And if there is any chance of reconciliation, then the deal's not done and we can pull away from it. If the you know a new manager comes in. Um, and says no, you know what? I, I want Jacker on my team, and all, and all working back in. But it's so hard now because it seems like it's gone past that sort of breaking point with most of the fans with him that they've just had enough. Um, it kind of in the way that sort of happened with Mustafi, and we've seen him basically disappear from the team for the most part. Um, so I could see that happening, and I agree with what Drew said. I think there's enough in terms of midfield players that uh, not that we wouldn't miss him because I actually think Jack is a good player. I just think people don't quite understand what he's supposed to be doing in the team. That might be more down to the manager, in my opinion, than anything else. But um, I think we could cope with with not having him in the team, at least. And you watch next season when he's left and he's gone to another fellow Europa League team. We meet the Europa League team in some stage and they play him in central midfield and he runs the game. We'll look at that and go, oh, look what he can do. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, let's move on to oh, another high point. 
Wolves game. Uh, you might want to go back and look at the show we did at the weekend. It was me, although I remember nothing about it. Josh and Jason to go over. We're just going to quickly go over these points because none of these three were on here. Um, a few to we start with um, Drew this time. Move it round one. Um, the notes I've made, Ursula's is back, playing two up front. The shots, they had 24. We had 10 eight on target for them four on target for us and listening to ask blog today he said our last shot on target was the 32nd minute <laughs> oh dear drew if you can hold back the tears what have you got to say on that i don't have tears left there's nothing to hold back <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that's not even the issue for me and i and, and john kind of alluded it to you know before we started recording and said there's, there's only so much we can say that we haven't said between this season and last season, I think it's, you know, <clears throat> a club like Wolves, you kind of have to respect. You know, I, I think where they finished last season was on merit. You know, they do have a good squad if you look at it when they're fully fit. I think the Nuno Spiritu Santo is an excellent manager. But, you know, when you're at home against a side who, you know, despite how good they are, you should be getting a result to kind of put in that kind of performance. It kind of tells you just that nothing is, is, is getting fixed, is it? You know, and that. You can only look at the data, but so much. But when you have 58% of the ball and Wolves double your shot count, it tells you that the same issues continue to persist week in, week out. Is that we're just so easy to cut through, no matter what we're doing with the ball. You know, and it also says like, you know, we're not we're not pressing well enough. The defense isn't organized. There's still too much reliance on the fullbacks to to push on forward. <clears throat> and when they push forward, they don't press incredibly effectively. And you know Wolves counterattack at pace into space, particularly through Yota, you know, and you have Triari in the 11. Why are you asking Tierney and Chambers to get that for the forward that regularly? And I think it's the same example on another day. If Wolves had their shooting boots on, they could have scored two or three. We wouldn't even gotten that point. And that's a story that we've been telling since the last year or two of Arsene Wenger's days, let alone in Miami. So um, overall, it's just incredibly frustrating, you know, that we can't, even seem to bring in the right mentality to a performance, you know, at home when, you know, we're kind of our, our backs are against the wall of it. Now it just, it smacks of a, a different mentality that is, you know, with all due respect, I think a level lower than what Arsenal needs to be at. I, and I said it the last time, I think Emery has brought the same mentality he that worked for him at Sevilla because under under those circumstances, that what Sevilla, that's what they needed to be about, but that's not what Arsenal is about. And, that's why he struggled mightily at PSG, despite, you know, he won trophies and he still got sacked. That kind of tells you, you know, what you need to know. And it says this, and, you know, Bayern Munich just sacked Nico Kovac, a man who just won a double last year. But the fact of the matter is, despite the results, when you're that inconsistent, players aren't happy with what's being produced on the pitch, with how training goes, if there's no tactical direction, and if you're not even sure of what your identity is currently moving forward, how can you persist with a manager like that in charge? So... And that's why a bigger club makes that tough decision. And they say, we made the right choice in the moment. And now we have to make the right choice moving forward. And we just have to make sure we get it right. And that's frustrating to me that Arsenal seemingly won't pull that trigger. And it's not that I think that Emery needs to be sacked today or tomorrow or yesterday. But I, you know, from what, the, at least what we're being told in the media, at least we don't know what goes on, you know, with, with, with KSE meetings. But it seems like they're prepared to keep faith in them for the foreseeable future. But what happens if, you know, we go into December? with only the net one league win in the next four or five again, are we still going to say, well, we have to persist? Like at some point the question has to be asked, is this truly working? Is it sustainable? How is this going to set the club up, you know, potentially to succeed or for sudden a couple for failure? 
And we just mentioned before how Obo and Laka haven't signed new deals. How do we not know that they're not signing deals because they're not happy with ma- with the management portion of what's going on? We really don't play, despite his goal record, we don't play in a, in a way that really gets the best of Aubameyang. We don't play in a way that gets the best of, like I said, you know, there's the Urzel issues persisting. There's not the Grand Jacka thing. There's so much instability amongst the team right now. And there's so much angst amongst the fan base and too many questions and nearly not enough answers. I don't know. I think the Wolves game is another kind of culmination of the same things we've been talking about for the last year and a half. And I think that's just kind of, it's, it's not sad. It's just, it's just frustrating, you know? I agree with you there when you were saying about um, having Lacazette and Aubameyang, Drew. Oh, would you say that we as a club are a fifth, sixth, maybe, we're not fourth, fifth, sixth team in the league. And we don't, we're not a club with the likes of Aubameyang and Lacazette should be. If they were picking another club now, they wouldn't pick someone in Arsenal's position, no matter what the country, would they? Probably not. And I think, I, I don't think fans give footballers enough credit. They're not stupid. You have to understand, like they know exactly, before you move to a club, footballers will know exactly who the manager is, the style of play, what's been going on in recent history. They know all these things. So if we didn't have Aubameyang or Lacazette currently, and we tried to enter into a market where maybe they were available, we wouldn't get them. And I think people do forget that the only reason why we got Obama was because it was either us or move to China. And he didn't want to move to China. So it was either leave Dortmund to go to Arsenal or stay in Dortmund in a place where there was turbulence. So why would he want to stay? Why didn't they want him? Just because, again, just there was a lot of internal issues with him that ended up cropping up. There's a lot of drama between him and, uh, and and the brass, and there's rumors that you know the brass broke promises to him. He wasn't happy about the fact that they sold uh, Usman Dembele, little issues like that, and then you know it kind of just snowballed from there. So I, I think both parties are at fault. I don't think it's just, it wasn't just him. Um, I think the way Dortmund handled it probably could have been a lot better. Um, but the fact is, he wanted to leave, and we were the ones that went in for him. So there we go. We have Aubameyang now, but. Again, just, I don't know. Um, I, I can't see us bringing in a level of that talent, established talent. You know, everyone, Nico Pepe is a very, very good player. Um, but he hasn't had that established track record that Lacazette had in, in France for years and Aubameyang's had for essentially the entirety of his career, bar his time in Milan. So, um, and I think that for me is a bigger concern. If we're, if we're going into the summer with this much with this many issues how do we fix that you know so okay richard what's your thoughts on that and on the the whole thing in general <laughs> uh it's all oh mate it's all a bit depressing to be honest with you it's just yeah it's it's now got to a stage where again a bit like uh, the jack situation i can't see emery coming back from this i think he's now gone he's far too much in his own head now um, he's trying to concentrate on, like, say, like the Wolves game. He was so concentrated on trying to stop Wolves down the flanks and stuff like that. that he kind of stopped us doing anything going forward. Didn't want to lose. Just, he was settling for the draw, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's, you know, he's now. Whereas before, at the start of his tenure, you know, we were his substitutions were great. You know, the whole second half FC thing. Now his substitutions are just bizarre, and. Can I stop you on that point? Listen to this. This is something I'd write down that I hadn't even told you I'd wrote down. Against Liverpool, it's 4-4, and we need a goal. So we take off Gwendouzi, we put on Ozil. Um, yeah, so Ozil's not going to... No, no, yes, put... So 
brought Gwendouzi on for Ozil. I was reading it the back, wrong way around. So if we want a goal, and you don't bring on Gwendouzi for Ozil, because Gwendouzi's never never going to score a goal again for us. I mean, I love him. He's brilliant, but he's not going to do it. And then we're winning 5-4, and we need to defend. So we take off Torreira, and we bring on Ceballos. Now, that's just mm. crazy. Why would you do that? And it turns out that... I mean, the only reason we got back into the game is because from a thunder bastard from um, Willock. Was it Willock that scored it? Yeah, Willock. Yeah. And then against Wolves, the game we're talking about now, a 1-0 up, we need to defend. So we take off Torreira again, and we bring on Saka at 1-0. If you want to defend a lead, then you don't do that. That's the complete opposite to what you want to do. And then... And then I think it was like three minutes later, they scored. Yeah, and then uh, then at 1-1, we need a goal. So we take off Tierney, we bring on Kolasinic. When we've got Pepe on the bench, and we've seen Pepe is now in form. And if Pepe would have come on, the roar from the crowd would have been amazing. Well, Pepe should have come on as soon as it was 1-1, shouldn't he? I mean, that's just... There's some of the substitutions that he's making. They're, 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 they're the movings of a man who doesn't know what he's doing. For me. I, it's, 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 the, it's the decisions of, of a man who's chasing ideas. He's not... He's he again. He's 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 being react, uh, reactionary rather than proactive, and like I say, he's, he now what like I said, we all his decisions seem to be going against him, and I just I can't see him getting out of this rut. I so like you know there is a bit of me that kind of thinks oh you know try give him time maybe, but I I he's been here uh, what a year and a half now. We are worse than we were than when we took over. Like, have you have you seen those stats when it was like the uh, Wenger's last 43 games mm-hmm. and Emery's uh, first 43 games? He's made we're scoring less and conceding more. He's he's stopped employing um, a press. He's got he's trying to make Torreira the new Ramsey. <laughs> it's he, it's just decision after decision is just going wrong. And yeah, I, I kind of think we just. I think we maybe just need to bite the bullet and get rid of him and hope, hope bring in, even if you bring in Freddie or someone else who's, who's maybe available and free just to get on a short term basis, just to you get that kind of new manager bounce thing that most clubs get just to try and kick us into gear or something or do something different because at the minute it's not working out. Oh. Doesn't that frustrate anybody else? I'm going to ask this, and then I want John to go on his own personal rant because I think John's holding one in currently. <laughs> he is. Doesn't it, doesn't it frustrate anybody else that people keep saying, "How can you moan and complain because you're sitting fifth and you're X amount of points behind second? But the fact is, is you just said it. We're, con- we're scoring less and conceding more. The table is exactly what happened last season. You know, the undefeated run papered over every possible crack that that showed itself, and then when we ran out of paper. Every crack showed, and then you got the second end of the season. So, I mean, I guess John, does it is it not a level of I don't know? Maybe you might see through it. Maybe you might be still optimistic, John, or maybe you won't be. I don't really know. But you've gone more gray, so I don't think optimism exists anymore. <laughs> no, I, I don't understand how. Like, I, I get that some people don't want us to be a club who's going to sack a manager and do that kind of thing. But that whole, I mean, that thing first is saying we're not that sort of club. Well, we weren't that sort of club because we had a legacy manager who was there for 20 years in the same way that United had with Ferguson. But sorry, that's modern football. You're, the chances of you finding a manager who could do that and be there past five years anymore um, is ridiculous. And let's be honest, it's not a manager's job anymore. You're a head coach. That's it. That's all you're going to be at Arsenal from now on. So it's going to change and it should change when there's issues. 
there's oh, the only thing I've seen in terms of consistencies at Arsenal since Unai Emery's been in charge is been defensively weak, um, a completely disorganised midfield that doesn't help out. I, I do feel the defenders sometimes get too much stick because they have no protection whatsoever in any game. We, we're so wide open and complete lack of like ability to create chances, which when you look at our squad and you go, well, we've got one of the best strikers in Europe in a bang yang. We've got a very, very good striker in Alexandra Lacazette, who the way things are working at the moment is sort of somewhat more of a provider than anything else because Alba's on this great run. You've got Mesut Ozil, who, don't get me wrong, sometimes frustrates the hell out of me. And personally, I would move him on because I think he's seen his better days. But on his day, he can perform if you get the team to work right around him. And we can't create a chance in a game. I mean, that, that Wolves game, we had... 10, 15 minutes where we were good, sort of leading up to the goal, the goal itself, and then maybe five, 10 minutes afterwards. And after that, we just, we did absolutely nothing. None of the substitutions ever make sense. The only time he ever, ever really goes for it is if we're two or three down. And then it's just a case of, well, I have nothing to lose here, so I can do. I asked for a pragmatic manager because that was one of Arsenal's problems. Um <clears throat> in his latter years that sometimes he just, you know, he, he didn't really think about or evaluate the opposition. The problem is that Emery is so cautious. That's all he wants to do is not lose a game. And if you have a manager who has that aura about him of don't lose the game rather than go out and try and win it, that filters down into the players. And it's clear that they're not understanding his instructions. I mean, there was times in the game when Torreira's in the box and Mesut Ozil's like at the other end of the pitch picking the ball up and Torreira's like the furthest player forward. Now, I get that Emery talks about this whole high-press thing, but the only player who seems to do it is Torreira. And what we've been lacking all season is a midfielder who will cover and shield the defence well, you've got the guy who can do it, who that's what he did at Sampdoria and in brief little spells you've seen him do it for Arsenal. But you've got him in the box, like Richard said. He's not Aaron Ramsey. He's not going to do that. Yes, he can run box the box if you really want him to, but you're you're just not using the players to their best ability in their best positions. Um, and Drew's right. Like Wolves are a really good team. They've got a really good squad. They coach very well. I think Nuno's a really good manager, I think. People underestimate how good a manager he is. But our flaws are so obvious for every team to to see whenever you watch a game that you don't have to be a genius to play against us. It's so easy to see where our weaknesses are and how you can create chances and score goals. And yeah, all right, we're, we're six points off third and what is it, eight off Man City, which doesn't sound that bad when you put it like that. But the problem is this Wolves game, we could have very easily lost. And every single game where we've either won or we've picked up a point, if you actually go back and watch those games, a lot of the time we've got quite lucky and ended ended up either coming away with a win or we've got a lucky draw or something like that. And it's only been because the opposition haven't taken their chances. And Drew summed up perfectly. We had that unbeaten run in which, let's be honest, we played garbage football rather other than 30, 40 minutes against Leicester in the game we won really well. Yeah. But even in that game, you go back to it and you watch it now and you go, well, Rob Holding should have got a second yellow card for a blatant handball and Leicester should have had a penalty. Then we're down to 10 men and it's a completely different game. But during that entire run, we didn't play good football. And just when we started to run out of steam, it does. It, you, like Drew said, brilliant analogy, we, we ran out of paper. And then 
we sit down the table, we miss out on top four. You cannot continue to have a manager who is not improving things because Aubameyang and Lacazette, they don't want to play in the Europa League again. This season will be their last season in the Europa League if they have any say in it. Because if Arsenal finish outside of the top four, they're gone. They're, they're not going to stay. And I, I saw something today about Arsenal saying they want to get 72 million for Aubameyang. You really think a club's going to pay that much money for a guy who's over 30 now? That's laughable. It's never happening. We, we're not we're not going to get that amount of money. Don't get me wrong. He's still a very good player and he can still score a lot of goals wherever he goes, I'm sure. But you're not going to get that kind of money for him. This is a manager who oversaw the greatest bottle job in Champions League history. Absolutely dominates Barcelona. Wipes the floor of him. One of the best performances I've ever seen. PSG were magnificent. And then they go and play away and throw the whole game away against Barca. Now, yes, granted, it's Barcelona. They're a great football team. But it's not a hard game to manage. So going into a game like that, he set the team up wrong. During the game, he doesn't fix it. And that's all I've ever seen him do in his entire career. And Drew put it great as well about, you know, at Seville, he kind of had it easy because they're the underdog. They're not expected to win games. And that's his mentality. And it doesn't fit with Arsenal. Yeah, there's problems with the squad and we need new player recruitment. There's no denying that. We There's areas we can improve all across the board. But he's not using the personnel he's got properly. And everything that's going on is just getting worse and worse. The Xhaka thing, the way he throws Ozil out, and now he's basically just, he's got no choice but to go back to him and start using him again. Um, the players, I don't think, in the dressing room particularly like or rate the guy anymore. And when you get into that situation, it's just a matter of time before the manager goes. There's no way he lasts beyond this season. That The club's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're not happy with him. Of course, they're going to back him. Um, I think Arsblog made a really good point. It's in a national break, I think, after the last game. If there's a time to do it, that would be... Oh, the Southampton bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but that Wolves game, just that kind of... If you watch the full 90 minutes it sums up Emery's reign at Arsenal for me in the fact that we did a little bit to flatter to deceive for a very small portion, which if you just concentrate on that bit, it looks good. But when you look at the whole picture, actually it's pretty awful. It's really disorganised. The players don't know what they're doing. The manager doesn't know what he's doing. And with a bit, a little bit of luck, we got away with a draw, which kind of sums up last season. The fact we made Europa League and got to a final. But really, it's nothing. I'm not asking to win the Premier League next season or anything like that. We're, we're not Man City. We're not Liverpool. They're years ahead of us in terms of their squad and development. But we should be competing for top four, especially when you see what's going on in the league this season with Man United and Tottenham. I mean, Sheffield United are a point behind us. No, no disrespect to Sheffield United, but the, you know, it's a, it's a promoted team. It's ridiculous. You see what Leicester are doing. They invested in a good squad. They've got a manager who's got a clear identity and a style of playing, everything else. People may not like Brendan Rodgers fine. Maybe by the end of the season, they drop out of the top four. Who knows? But they've got an identity and they know what they're doing. And I don't know what we're supposed to be doing under Emery. It makes no sense. The team is built around scoring goals from one bloke. it's, It's just bizarre. And that Wolves game just really summed it up. And... I mean, I'd had enough by the end of last season. I said on the, after the final last year, um, but even before the final, I said I, di- I didn't want him as manager anymore. I got why we brought him in and it was a sensible, safe appointment, just like whilst we're transitioning from Arsenal going. But at some point, they've got to pull the trigger because it's. I, I don't see it improving. And if anything, it's just going to get worse. Richard, you took a deep breath at one point. Were you having a, having a turn or did you want to say something? You're muted. 
Sorry, uh, just to uh, pick up on what, uh, what John said about the the players don't seem to like him. Um, I'm not a big Instagram dude, but uh, it, I read somewhere that the Lacazette and Aubameyang had both liked posts criticising Emery. Is that true? Well, tr- yeah, Troops put up um, one of him giving the bird of his back to the stadium and Aubameyang liked it. And what was the other one, John, the Lacazette one? Um, I think it was Aubameyang and Lacazette both liked that one. It was something about... It was like, fuck Emery and Xhaka had blah, 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 done something wrong. Lacazette liked that one about Xhaka as well. It had Emery in it. But apparently there'd been some little spat between Xhaka and Lacazette. But yeah, there, there's been posts where they've they've liked things that have been said about the manager. They've since been removed and they don't, they're not likes anymore. And it was official. It was their official Instagram and stuff. Mm. And it's not like they've been run by someone else. They run their own accounts. Um, but yeah, there's loads of stories in the, in the papers this week about players at the training ground sort of taking the piss doing the good evening and all that sort of stuff and I know like obviously yeah, training yeah. ground work you get all you get jokes and stuff and whatever but I genuinely do I don't think they take him that seriously anymore I think they look at him and go he doesn't know what he's doing and I'm sure that you know players will talk to each other uh, I'm sure they're spoken to guys at PSG and anyone who's a PSG fan or watches French football if you've got a team with that much talent here, that much money and you lose the league to Monaco, granted it is an exceptional Monaco team. There's no excuse for that though. And like Drew said, you can win all the trophies you want, but if you're not doing it, you've got to go, um, to be honest. So I don't know. I, I just don't see what the point is in him anymore, honestly. And I get that when Arsene had to go, the fans' feelings were different because you have such an affection and affiliation for him. And it was a hard thing to admit. And I think there's some sort of hangover from that. And some fans kind of feel that towards Emery, not the same affiliation, but almost feel like, oh, well, it's not a nice thing to sack a manager or anything. It doesn't matter. It's football. It's a job at the end of the day. He'll go on and, and he'll get a job somewhere else or it's back in Spain. I'm sure, I'm sure his six million payoff will... Uh... Yeah, it's him. All right, you know, yeah, and, um, and he'll definitely get a job somewhere else. So I, I don't understand how anyone can realistically say give it to the end of the season. It doesn't make any sense because if you miss top four and the way we're playing at the moment, we're not getting it. You're going to lose probably two of the best players at the club. So would you dump him now? Yeah, I mean, I would have got rid of him at the start of the season. I don't know if doing it now is the best thing. Maybe you wait until after the Leicester game. There's an argument for doing it before it and hope you get some sort of response if it's just, you know, Jungberg is in charge for the last game until we make an appointment and perhaps the players turn up. Because if we win against Leicester, that's huge. That's a proper six-pointer game. I don't think people realise how important that game is now. Um, so there's an argument for doing it earlier. If it's me, I probably would go with it now. I'd say, no, that's it. Freddie's in charge for Leicester. Uh, we're going to keep you on board, Freddie. Um, we will see how it goes. But if we can get an appointment in, do it in the international break. Because having that team in place now, Raul and Edu and everything, they should already have a list of managers. They should have a list of players and everything for next season, the season after, the season after that. They should have all these things in place so that if anything happens, whether it's an injury, a manager needs changing, a coach, a physio, whatever it is, they should be able to go, right, there you go, we've got a book these are the people we had right let's go for the first one on the list if we can't get him you just go down because when you I mean like I don't know if people have watched the Man City documentary saw a thing about uh, players and who they were targeting and when Mendy got his injury they had a list of possible targets of who to get afterwards they were already in place before injuries happened that's how clubs are run now 
and you would hope that those people above uh, have got those same sort of things in place but yeah I, I i don't see why you would keep him there's no reason to if if it gives us a chance of getting something out of the leicester game i'm going into a leicester game saying i'd take a point and be happy with it that's ridiculous it certainly is um, right a few more things I've written down are Arsenal form six points behind Chelsea we've already mentioned uh, Emery has won five of our last 16 league games that is quite worrying that's uh, what just under a third we've won one of our last five in all competitions we've let 10 goals in in four games we usually save that kind of form to the last few league games of the season like we did before this is the imp- interesting point Emery has bought in to get us back into the Champions League via the Europa League. I think that's what we all think, agree on because he did it three times in a row with Sevilla. I think only the last one of those was actually qualification for the Champions League. He's played 18 Europa League games. He's won 14 of them. That's 77%. And uh, the other four games, drew one, lost three. One of them in the final. And one of them was against, uh, was it Batty Borisov they beat us? Um, I can't remember what the other one was. And then in the Premier League, 49 Premier League games, he's won 25. That's still 51% of Premier League games won. Drew, any thoughts on any of that? I think it's the same thing. It's not – that's like saying a player scores 20 goals a year, but did he really have a good season? Did he play well? Did he just score 20 goals? It's the same exact thing in this in this scenario. You can still get wins, but it has nothing to do with if there's actual progression, if there's actual direction. And I think we've already had the discussion that there just isn't. And I think John kind of summed it up pretty succinctly just before. Um, results oftentimes are not indicative of what's actually going on. So you, you can easily just say, but again, how many times have we said, you know, whether in that moment it was either right or wrong, that players dragged us over the line, individual players dragged us over the line. It wasn't down to the tactics. It wasn't down to the team performance. It was because in, in a moment a player decided to, to, to take the game by the scruff of the neck and go ahead and win it. Like Lacazette, how many times has Lacazette scored big goals for us in key moments where maybe another player doesn't, you know, just because he's got that quality about him. And you need that in your team, obviously. You need your players to come up big in big moments. But the problem is our players individually coming up in big moments outweighs the amount of times a team has come up in big moments. That's the problem. The team doesn't respond to big moments. It's individual players that normally do. Um and again, when you look at it, just, just going back, it's it, not only did we, we, we battled the chance to win the Europa League last season, if you really think about it, and then in conjunction with that, we battled the chance to get top four through the league. And we're in a position where you have to make a choice, or last year you had to make a choice and say, I'm either going to 100% focus on Europa League and guarantee winning it so we get back to the Champions League, or I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to use that for the kids and maybe for the the, the, the second in line on the death chart and then really focus on the league. For me, there's so many things that can go wrong in tournament football at any given moment. I can railroad your entire campaign in one fell swoop where the league offers you a bit more guarantee. And if even before the summer's spending, if you look at our squad last year, can you tell me that we didn't have one of the best four squads in the league last year? Of course we did. Um, do we have one of the best four squads in the league this year? Of course we do. Even with the inherent imbalance in midfield, if you look at the, the level of players we have at the club, we should not be struggling, you know, in, in the men of this yard. And, and as John just said, you know, Bournemouth and Sheffield United are both one point behind us, Brighton two points behind us, Crystal Palace are behind us. Every team below us, from Sheffield United to United, have a better defensive record than we do. You know, we're struggling for goals, and the men that you see mid-table teams struggle for goals consistently. And these are all things that add up more than the fact that maybe we've only lost twice and we're still sitting fifth. 
it's 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 the bigger issues you have to look at. It's not just the the, the results that again paper things over. Um, I'm kind of with John. You know, I, last time I came on, I said you know you, you don't. I wouldn't necessarily force him out, but you kind of have to see if he can lift himself up and if he can get a response from the team. If we play Leicester and get absolutely smashed, I think that's kind of it. You can say, you know, you go to Leicester, who are a very, very good team, who are incredibly balanced. It's not going to be to match. If, if, if we lose, but it's 1-0 and we show fight and spirit and there, it looks like there's something about the team they might be able to turn the corner, then I think you stay with them. But if we go there and it's abject and we're just piss poor and we, we lose 34-0, just as an example, you then have to say, this can't continue. You know, at that point, we'll be sitting in negative goal difference, potentially seventh or eighth by the time it's all said and done that weekend, depending on other results. You know, uh, again, that ruthless mentality is what's necessary, but you have to do it before it gets out of control, before the train comes off the tracks. And that's why I brought up the Bayern example. Bayern could have easily rectified the season under Nico Kovac, right? But it wasn't a guarantee that they would have. It could have also gotten worse. And it's that level of uncertainty that made them pull the trigger. It's... He, the team is good enough to push them to push them over. They were good enough last season. Last season, Dortmund bottled it. Bayern players got them over the line. It wasn't necessarily because Niko Kovac had a brilliant managerial performance. He improved, but it wasn't great. But this season, there's no guarantee. You've got seven or eight teams in, in, the, in the top half of the table that make that league incredibly competitive. So there's no guarantee that Bayern weren't going to continue slipping, and it wasn't a guarantee they would have gotten better. So they had to make a choice now and hope that reinvigorates things. And I think we're in that same exact scenario, just unfortunately without the level players that Bayern have to, to rely on until a decision is made. So, um, no, I don't. I, I think his record's all well and good, but it, you can't just look at wins and losses and say, you know, it's good or bad. It's, 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 it's the context of the wins and losses that matter most. Very good. Yes. Um, uh, I know you've just muted yourself, but any idea who's going to be Bayern manager? Because I think a lot of people want Jose to get it, so he doesn't come to us. I don't think it'll be. I think if you look at it, there's a lot of similarities between um, the the nature of youth development and, and tactically with Dutch football, with, with German football. I think Eric Ten Hag will be high on the list. Um, will he leave Ajax mid season? No, I don't think so. I think that's the issue. Um, and obviously, it's a, it's a massive step. and I take flack for this, but I stand by. I think Eric Ten Hag's been slightly overrated for his performance at Ajax, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. I think they'll go with someone a little bit more fair. Nagelsmann was the one I always wanted, but he chose to be Leipzig, you know, so there's just not that. You could look at maybe someone like some out-of-the-box option, like Florian Kofeld does a really good job at uh, Edward Bremen, even though they're not doing as well as they did last season. He's a Nagelsmann-type manager. They have the same upbringing in terms of their uh, managerial education. You know, they, they think long-term alliance is what Bayern are going to want in the manager. So um, they could also do what maybe we're afraid to do and give Marino the rest of the season and say, this is your trial period. You know, it might not be permanent, but you at least should be good enough to get us, hopefully get us back on track, improve our European performance, get us that league title, and then we'll see how it goes. So, and then the position where they can do that, you know, they're a big enough club to where they could, they can bring him in a Marino in for, you know, seven or eight months and say, thanks for your service, but we're going to go with somebody else. So I don't know what direction they will take, but I hope it's a poor one. I don't want them in the league again. They should rather watch John's Gladbeck win the league than, <laughs> than have Bayern win again. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it was painful last season as a Dortmund fan seeing us do so well up to Christmas. I think that's it. We're going to romp it and then just fall apart near the end of the season. And then, then Bayern staggered over the, 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 the line and they'd win the title. It was very annoying. <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing. They get the winter pause, so they get a whole, they get three weeks to 
bring in a new manager and he has three weeks of essentially another preseason to, to, to try to bet in his personality, what he wants to do tactically, get, maybe get some players into the market to, to, to maybe, you know, accentuate what he wants to do. But they have, they have a better system for, for switching manager managers midway through the season is not as difficult in Germany as it is in, in, in the Premier League. So we'll see. Okay, Richard, as you are also a, a budding coach, how about this uh, little thing of wonders that I've done? In our last eight games, according to Transfer Mark, Emery has used seven different formations 4 3 1 2 v Wolves, 4 4 1 1 Liverpool, 4 4 2 Palace, 4 4 2 double six, that doesn't mean 12 players v Vittoria, 4 2 3 1 v Sheffield United and Bournemouth, bit of content. Continuity there, consistency. I was trying to make one word out of those two. It wasn't going to work. Uh, 4-1-4-1 v Liège. 4-3-3 attacking v Man United. 4-2-3-1 v Forest. <sighs> what does that make you think? Um, that he's being reactionary and not uh, proactive. Uh, you know, how, how do you get better at something? Repetition. Doing, doing something over and over and over again. And I think... That's really troubling for me, the fact that he clearly doesn't have a settled formation and and team that he wants to play. Um, Yeah, it's nice to be flexible. You know, don't get me wrong. That was one of the things that I kind of a stick that I used to beat Wenger with. In the fact that, you know, I wanted him to, let's say, have a uh, look at the opposition a little bit. Don't exactly, you know, don't ignore them kind of thing. But he's he's bending himself to the Emery's bending himself to the opposition so much that he's negating what we're good at. We are currently so much less the sum of our own parts, um, and I just I, I think it's just too much. It's like I said, there's no consistency there. Uh, you know, you can't focus on what you're supposed to be doing if it's changing every three days. Uh, you know, from from Sunday to Thursday, you can't gain any consistency. There's no repetition. You can't build partnerships and have chemistry as well. It just it's all it's not something that I would do anyway. Put it that way. This is the to, my, to my under nines. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem we had like with under Wenger. No matter who we played, it was the same formation every time until it got to the the latter part. You're nodding, John. You can come in on this if you want. On the uh, I'm, I'm telling John what to do, and he's fucking better at hosting than I'll ever be. <laughs> but uh, Emery was doing that, and at the end of the of the Wenger era, it was it was playing getting like Emery as he was getting desperate, wasn't he, John? Yeah, and that's that's when you're. I think as a manager that's generally where you see the end of a manager at a club because it's them scrambling to find something to hold on to. And it's just find this thing, see if it works. And if you get a result out of it, you can't generally, they then will stick with it for a bit, but if it falls apart again, then they'll, they'll try something else, whether it's a change of formation or moving a player somewhere or bringing someone else in out from the cold or what, you know, whatever they need to do. And it's kind of smacks of a bit of desperation, and also, um, I don't want to say lack of intelligence because it's not. I don't think Emery is a stupid man or anything like that. But it's I, just I, desperation. It's what you said. Yeah. It's just desperation. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't think it's stupidity. I think it is just desperation. And I, I, to a certain extent, I do feel for him because it's not the most balanced squad in the world, and it is a really hard thing to do to come into a club where you've had a manager for such a long time. But 
just like if he'd just done one thing, even if we'd got the same results and didn't finish top four and we got to a final and we lost it and whatever, even if he'd just done one thing like shoring up the defence or making it so we were creating more chances and the defence was still short. There's there's not been like one sort of clear thing for me anyway that he's kind of latched onto, stuck with and, and improved in a sense, which is quite funny because one of our questions is about that. Um, so that's for me is where the disappointment is because it is just it's desperate and he just doesn't know what to do anymore. It says something when we as Arsenal fans see the team sheet and go, I don't know where these players are playing. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> any one of them could be playing in any one of three or four positions each. It's madness. Um, Drew, do you want to say anything on that before we move on to questions? I think I won. I missed it. <laughs> you what? I missed it. What do we want to comment on? I was just moaning about tactics. The fact that he's used seven different tactics in eight games. Oh, um, no, I think the guys kind of said everything you know. Um, and and the, the prime example is I hate using this analogy because it's different circumstances. But when Klopp went to Liverpool, he played the same way every match, and even when it didn't go well, and he still finished eighth his first season or wherever it was. You still see what he was trying to implement, and a couple of years later, now look where they are. So that's how you bed things in. Just being that chameleon that he wanted to be is it's, it's fine when you're playing baseball. Like even when you're playing like, you know, hockey, but with football's consistency will only happen with the results and performances when players consistently know what they're doing. And they have to, again, as, as we said, repetition. So I think he, I think he's missed the mark in terms of finding the balance between being that chameleon he wanted to be and actually being able to set in stone what he wanted to do. I think you have to, to put in place what you truly want before you can start thinking about being too um, uh, like too flexible. So, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Hi, John. Over to you then. Right. I'm uh, going to do some listener questions. Uh, Danny, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to all of you on this first one. But Danny, I'm going to come to you first because you have seen them. Uh, so last week, Mark Blondell asked, and uh, we didn't get a chance to ask, uh, come up with a few arguments for where you've seen us improving in these last 18 months and a few more for why you're optimistic under Emery going forwards. Uh, don't mind if it's attitude, certain set plays or whatever, but can you come up with any? So, uh, Danny, is there anything that, I don't know, has impressed you or you're you know happy with under Emery? Well, Mark originally had this as five for each, and I thought we're never going to manage five, so I changed it to any. Um, the only thing I can see is the um, the emergence of Pepe as um, someone who's magnificent at taking free kicks. I don't remember the last time I saw it in a game anywhere in the world, let alone playing for Arsenal, where you scored two proper free kicks, placed the ball, placed the ball in the back of the net and did everything perfectly. I, I can't remember the last time we had someone who would take them decently. You always had players that would go, I'm going to take that out of the way and they get it and boot it and miles over or kick it at the wall. And he's corner taken against Wolves. Um, where we, he scored from three corners. Well, his corner led to three goals and we had one wrongly disallowed via Varkas via shit. Um, so I would say Pepe, and that's only coming in the last, what, two or three weeks that's happened, but just shows what we've got. It makes me even more angry that now we've finally got him in form. He's not being used. Well, uh, Richard, uh, is, can you come up with anything? Oh, that is a struggle because, like I said a bit earlier, we're conceding more and scoring less. Uh, I the only thing I could go quickly off the top of my head is I've been slightly impressed with it, with his um, the opportunity he gives to youth and stuff like that. Um, you know, like will it getting a lot of game time? Uh, the emergence of Saka, trusting Saka to come on. Same thing with with Martinelli. Um, you know, he he was really really good in the week and he rewarded him and brought him on. 
Um, so I, and Grenduzi as well. Like he brought Grenduzi on, and you know straight away trusted him, kind of thing. So I would say that is my bit of praise that I'll give Emery. <laughs> Uh, Drew, have you got any positives you can think of? Nope. <laughs> uh, about the kits, Drew. The kits are nice. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. him. <laughs> what I will, what I will just say is that I, maybe I'll give him a half a point of, of praise. Is that I think he won't shut down chances for youth when they've shown they can handle more responsibility. Yeah. Um, it kind of just plays on what we were just talking about, where. Um, no one expected Genduzi to come to the club and then hit the ground the way he did, but because he did, he was rewarded with getting increased minutes on the pitch, and I think that's how you have to handle player development. So in that sense, I'll say that he deserves credit. But because of the way the new setup is, we don't know if it was entirely his idea or if that was a collective decision based off of uh, Freddie's findings, um, Emery's uh, pair and his new role. You know, we don't, we don't know exactly who made the call because... Yeah. Some have said, you know, as you've seen with him at PSG, he wasn't brilliant with, you know, he was very inconsistent with the youth there. You know, Sevilla, same thing. So, but he did well with Valencia with their youth. You know, David Silva and David Villa were there when he was there and they were quite young. So I maybe just hit or miss with him. But I do think I'm happy that at least he's left the door open for for young players to play if they've shown that, you know, they've earned minutes here and there. And that's not something maybe we would have gotten under Arsene Wenger. Um, if you remain. So, yeah, I, I'll at least say that. Um, I think for me, the only thing I can really think of, Danny sort of touched on it with Pepe in his corners. They're some of the best corners I've seen Arsenal take for a long time. But as much as I get frustrated when we do the short corner thing, there's been a few times where we've actually done some really nice set, po- set piece routines. And it's almost like not, we haven't quite got the goal from the actual set play itself. And it's kind of spilled out and we scored from it. But it looks like there's something there. So there's actually been something done on the training ground, clearly, um, which I think if you look under Arsene, that wasn't really the case. Uh, we didn't really use corners, to be honest, properly. So I'd, I'd give him that one at least, even if they don't always come off. Um, next question is from Alfredo. Oh, dear. Uh, who do I want to pick on? Richard, you've been the optimistic one more than perhaps me and True mode is. We'll go for you. Um is there a bottom for Arsenal under Emery? Is this rock bottom or could it get worse? I added the could it get the worst bit at the end. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it could definitely get worse because I said we're, we're drawing games at the minute rather than losing them. So, yeah, there's there's further down from this precipice that we're on at the minute. Um, so, yeah, that's the only thing I think of is, yeah, because like I said, Wolves, those 25 shots, they scored one goal. The 33 shots or whatever it was that Watford had, and that said, we could have easily lost those two games. Um, so, yeah, they could, you know, a Bamiang, I'm touching Wood left, right, and centre, <laughs> could get fucking injured. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes, things could get worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all echo Richard's uh, comments on that one. So we'll move swiftly on. Uh, one from our not no longer ginger bearded. Uh, we'll explain a bit more later. Our Josh um, Drew. This one's for you. Uh, are you on board with bringing in an ex- inexperienced but promising manager, or do you think we need an experienced head at the wheel? No, nope, I'm fine with. Uh, listen, it's it's. I think everybody wants that experience, but. 
plenty of big clubs on the continent will give young managers a chance if they fit what they're trying to build. The problem is I don't think anybody can really sit here and say definitively what we're trying to achieve moving forward. I think there's still some measure of indecision and decisiveness in terms of direction. Um, I think it's clear we want to bring youth through a bit more, but we don't know how we necessarily, how the kind of football we want to be played, how we want to handle the transfer market. These are all things that need to be answered before we can bring in a manager. I am always of the opinion that, you know, you can always find, you know, bright things in places you might not want to look. Um, again, Arsene Wenger was kind of that, uh, a little bit of a prime example of that, but there's a lot of managers who are young and, and, and they're progressive and, they offer long-term solutions um, for the club and, and seemingly would fit what we're trying to do with at least the young players. So I'm all fine with it. Whether that's someone like a Mikel Arteta, I don't know, or if it's take a gamble with someone like I mentioned, like Florian Kohfeldt or, you know, someone of that look. But I, I don't think it has to be like a Rafa Benitez to come in for us to, to make the right choice. If it's, if it's about the right fit. It's not about how lengthy the CV is. And I think that's kind of, you know, kind of simple, simple one for me. Yeah. I tend to agree. Um, Danny, I've got two for you. The second one is a little bit of a joke one, just to wind you up. But uh, one arm bastard asks, as you are the oldest member on tonight's pod, uh, first in our Europa League group, fifth in the Premier League, and only two losses. Our starting centre-backs are off to Dortmund and Chelsea's scrap heaps. Uh, and, oh, our starting centre-backs are off, oh, are off of Dortmund, Chelsea's scrap heaps, and our first choice fullbacks are still not fit. Martinelli, Guendouzi and Saka doing well. Alba's record, 50 goals. Are many Goonies' ideas of football blinding them from reality? And I think he's talking about Wenger's football. So, Danny, come on, you're, you're one of the older ones here and in the pod group. You remember some of the real misery days. Um, are we all a little bit too <laughs> blessed with the football we've seen in the past and we expected too much? Uh, well, firstly, I had to edit um, one arm bastard's um, tweet a little bit because he tried to fit all that into one tweet, and I put in off of, so I ruined it with my with doing that. No, no, we're doing brilliantly. But compared to seasons before, we didn't have Lacazette, Ozil, Aubameyang, Saka. No, not Saka. Um, Pepe and I don't know, stick someone there. Maybe Saka on the left hand side. We didn't have all these so many brilliant young players coming through. We had Manuel Amunia in goal. That ruined four seasons for me. We had morons playing in other positions. We didn't have one of the best left backs, one of the British uh, best British left backs in years, one of the best um, right backs in the Premier League. We didn't have all these brilliant players. We had some shit centre backs like we got at the moment, but even they will get better as part of the entire team. If we start playing, I mean, look at Torreira, like we were saying, five man of the matches in six games. We bought him before the World Cup for what was it, 26 million? After the World Cup, we'd have had to pay 50 million for him because he had that good of a World Cup. He's a magnificent player, but like Richard was saying, he's trying to use him as a Ramsey breaking up play further up the field. This doesn't work. We have got the ingredients for a six course, beautiful meal, and we're getting McDonald's. That's why people are angry. But one arm bastard is right. We've got all those positive things to look at. But if you look like Richard was all Saturday and you look now compared to where we were last season, we're worse. And yes, admittedly, we were done for the um the uh, who did we play and let the goal disallowed. It's only a week ago and I've forgotten. Um Watford? No. not Watford. Yeah. 
Yeah, what, uh, no, not what Palace, wasn't it? Palace. Palace. Yeah. yeah, although we were robbed of two points there, there's been other times in the season where we have flukily got um, had, had had stuff go our way, and and things aren't looking like they're getting any better. We've now got the whole problem with Xhaka going on, and then we've got the problem with like Drew was saying with Obama Young and his contract. He's uh, allegedly he's been offered it. Does he sign it? I don't know. All these things. It's uh, it, it's just loads of little problems rather than going. Look at the fucking team we've got. We should be banging on the door of third place. We should be clearly in third place. Uh, Lacazette, I mean, Bombiang hasn't been injured all season. Lacazette has has only been out for a few games. And when he was out, we had other players coming. We've got magnificent players like Martinelli. Most Premier League teams would kill to have an 18-year-old like Martinelli playing at the club. Seven games, seven goals in 402 minutes. There's so much good there and we're getting so little quality from it at times and it's just infuriating plus his inability to play players in the right position it's driving everybody nuts and that's why well if you haven't had enough of Danny Moaning here's a very quick question slightly Arsenal uh, un-Arsenal related uh, John from at 305 cast asked what does the GFP think about the Jets Richard I'm very disappointed that you are wearing them <laughs> I haven't let, I haven't said anything about it he's got those fucking patriot top on I hate those bastards other side there you go there we go it's uh yeah um i'm very happy for the jets thank you very much it's like giving uh an old fat man chocolate who couldn't reach the top shelf because fuck knows he wasn't going to do it on his own i can't believe we beat the jets it's our one and only win for the season but apparently next season they got four re- no 11 i think it's 11 or 12 really good draft picks and fuck knows they're going to need them i couldn't name a single dolphins player there's only enough room in my brain for british touring cars and and Premier League football, and that's it. Anything else? You've got no room, so I can't name any. I just sit there and watch it like a like a moron who doesn't know. I don't even know what I'm looking at. In fact, I was I was grilling Shredder a little while ago, saying why can't they get the ball and just throw it through the H? He said that's not allowed. <laughs> I've been watching this since 1984 when it was on Channel Four, and I didn't know that. Amazing. Uh, next question. Uh, back to the back to the Arsenal. Uh, at Amro Ease, uh, Richard, this view. After two matches with a good performance, Mesut uh, Ozil didn't travel. So, can anyone explain what is happening? Is, is he not travelled to for the game tomorrow? I don't think so. No, it doesn't look like he's in the squad. No. Yeah, mate, how, how do you preempt what Emery's doing? I don't know. He's probably, I don't know. He's probably running the academy or something, or working in the club shop. I don't know. Give him some other role. Um, I genuinely don't know. Uh, maybe he's saving him for um, the weekend. When do we? When's the, is uh, when's the Leicester game? Leicester is Saturday evening because we're playing at like quarter, is it quarter past three tomorrow? Some weird time, isn't it's it? Like something 10 like to that. Four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's some very odd time. So we're playing Saturday now instead of Sunday, which I okay. guess is nice. But yeah, maybe he's resting him for for, for that with a view to the. Um, uh, the Leicester game. Um, uh, like I say, he's he's done well if in the main for the most part since he's come back in. Um, it'd be madness to bin him again after two slightly promising performances. But uh, that's the only thing I can think of because you know qualification for the most part in the Europa League is pretty much fairly secure now. I, I, I imagine so. You don't really need to risk him or have him travel or anything give him give him a, give him a couple of days off let him play i don't know is Fortnite still a thing i don't know <laughs> i'm sure he's still playing it 
Yeah, yeah. Let him have a have a couple of couple of goes of that and um, get him ready for 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 Saturday. It's the only thing I can think of because um, it would make no sense not to play him otherwise. Like just to cut off your nose to spite your face and dump yeah. him after two things. I think it's possibly to save him. Yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, right, this is a one for all of us, so you all get a bit of time to think about this because I'm trying to rack my brain uh, looking at this one. From Matt L. Roberts, who is on the top five list of managers to replace Unai if he goes when it, uh, whenever that is and five that you don't, you don't want to touch the club? Um, so on my list of... It, I haven't got like a particular order or like who I would want more than any others. Um the, the names that immediately jumped out to me of people who are available or people I think we could get. Uh, Mourinho is on my list, which I know will upset people. Um, but I, I like Mourinho. The defence needs shoring up. Yes, he causes problems when he comes into a club and he might isolate a player. I have a sneaky feeling if Mourinho did get the job, that bye-bye Lacazette. I think he might be the one to bite the bullet there. Um, and maybe two years down the line, you know, it, it all goes horribly wrong. Uh, but I think you do have to think at, just for this season in the short term. So I would put him on the list. Allegri is another one who is out there. Uh, Valverde from Barca, who at the moment is not doing the best and the Barca fans aren't particularly happy with him. I think he's a really good manager. Um, I could see him getting moved on from there at some point. And then after that, there's a lot of other guys who... I mean, I wouldn't know as many managers from, say, like the Bundesliga as Drew would, but I'm sure there's plenty there of young, promising guys that you would uh, certainly consider. Um, Sam Pauli would be an interesting one for me as well. Um, and the other one actually would be uh, Gasparini from Atalanta. He's an older guy, but I just think what he's done with that team is really impressive and they have a very distinct style of play. Um, I wouldn't be averse to Arteta either. Uh, as in terms of ones I wouldn't want to touch, um, no David Moyes, no Tim Sherwood, uh, <laughs> Pulis. Yeah, no Pulis. No, I wouldn't have him. No Alan Kerbishley. Why does Kerbishley still get in the betting odds to be a manager somewhere? I don't understand this. Does, can they not just think of anyone else? Um, I don't know. There's probably someone else. Uh, I can't say Sam Allardyce because I actually said on the radio show the other week, at least if we had Allardyce, we could defend. So I can't even put him on. <laughs> um, I don't know. No Uno Emery. There you go. There's oh, actually, there. Yeah. No Arsene Wenger. I don't want to go back. There you go. There, there's my five. Um, Drew, I'm sure you've got a much more sensible list than I had. I don't know if I necessarily do, but I'll throw the ones I don't want. Um let me see. I, I mean I don't want Allegri, and I know <laughs> John might fight me on this, or John actually might not fight me on this. I just feel like I don't know understand why i i wouldn't want him for a long-term period but i think yeah. he'd at least top four I, th- I think in the short term he could probably get us top four i think our defense wouldn't stop being absolutely horrific but i think long term he would he'd need 500 million pounds to spend and we need an entire revamp of the entire team and it's just not worth it um i wouldn't go after nico kovac who now is ironically available <laughs> um I wouldn't even waste time trying to get Julian Nagelsmann. He's in his first year at uh, RB Leipzig, and you know he's he's done well with them. And I think they quite like him, obviously. So I think, and I think when he does leave, it's going to be someone to someone much bigger than us, and it could be to someone like a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. I think he's that promising. Um, I, I, some people say Son Dyche. I don't understand 
Why? Um, I mean, all credit to Burnley, but I think he's he's the prototypical manager who, like like Big Sam, he'll be successful at a club like Burnley. But if he tries to give up, step up, then it just wheels fall off the bus because the, the requirements are just different. Um, and I would not, I wouldn't take Wenger back on that short one. That's actually a good shout because that's what Bayern would do <laughs> if they were still able to bring someone in the know for six months and just to write ship and then worry about later. I wouldn't do that. Um, managers I do want, I would be fine with Arteta. I think by all reports. His philosophies on football are kind of what you want. Like he does know the club, but he, he's young and he's charismatic. Um, he's well spoken. Um, he's apparently he's also kind of a bit of a bastard as well. Like he's not worried about if you like him or not. He kind of wants to get the, he wants to get the job done. So I think you kind of do need that as well. So I wouldn't be sad about that. Um, I'm high on Florian Kofeld. I've mentioned it before. So he's another one. Um, I think a lot of people don't give enough credit to how good of a job Eddie Howe has done with Bournemouth. I think. The only issue you could really say with Bournemouth is that they've been hit so hard with injury the last two or three seasons. But when you look at the actual football they play and how easily they can score goals with good players, but not players that are level, I think he does deserve some little send of consideration. I, I wouldn't be sad at that. Um, I'd love it if we somehow pegged you know, Espirito Santo from Wolves. I doubt it, but I think that would be another good shout. Um, and then uh, for a fifth one, I think... I think it's a good shot for Sampaoli. I don't. I don't see why that would be bad. Um, Jardim, I think, would do a, a decent job. I think we kind of missed the boat, though. I think his stock may have fallen. But managers of that ilk, you know, I, I don't. I see the. I see the semblance in, in Mourinho, maybe, and maybe at least short term. But I just, he's just such a just. Wherever he goes in his wake, it's just like he like carpet bombed everything on his way out, like intentionally. It's just a disaster. And I just don't want to be anywhere near it. So yeah. Yeah, I, for the first time in my life, and as an Inter fan, obviously I love Mourinho because he won us the treble when it was great. And, you know, seeing Etu play as a left back is hilarious. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I almost felt a pang of sympathy for him at Man United because I just kind of thought, has no one realised it's all Ed Woodward's fault? And like, just That's no one listened to Mourinho and the players he actually wanted. But yeah, anyway, um, Danny, is there any names you'd throw into that list on who you would and wouldn't have? Well, after listening to you two football hipsters, go and yahoo that, people. That was a thing, and it was brilliant. <laughs> um, listening to me talk about what managers I might possibly want is like listening to someone giving a suppository to a goose. It's No one wants to hear it. It's utterly pointless. Don't want Wenger. Wenger's dead to me. I don't want um, Jose because he'll want a billion pounders wages and a billion pounder spunk on players, and then, and then he'll get the sack. So, no, they're the only two I don't want. But no one in particular that jumps out of you as a manager you'd you'd jump for straight away. Not something I really un- I don't look at the style of football or I'm I'm just if it's not really simple when it comes to football I can moan about transfers and things. Oh, I love a bit of that a bit of history, but as in I don't look at other I don't cover other teams' managers. <laughs> uh, Richard, is there any names that were said there that you would want or didn't want? Uh, well, didn't want. Okay, so uh, Mourinho, Mourinho. Mourinho, Mourinho, and Mark Hughes. Oh, Mark Hughes is a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Uh, yeah, they're my, they're my. Yeah, I, I think, I think Mourinho is finished as a manager. I, I genuinely believe. I think, I think he'd want, especially for, for someone like us, he'd want too much money, and we need someone to come in and get the players on signed. He'd, just, you know, put out the fire. He'd just be pouring more oil onto the bloody more petrol on it um i get i'm a bit like danny i don't really know too much about like say the bundesliga managers and stuff like that i've heard you know good things about was it nagelsman and the or even the ajax 
manager. Um, the only other manager that I, off the top of my head, who's not working at the minute, and with Raúl Sanjay's um, Barcelona things, was Luis Enrique. But I don't know if yeah. he'd be ready to come back into into football or anything. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, a good shout. Um, just before we move on from this question, um, is one I did want to throw out. I know there's some Arsenal fans who hate me for saying this, but he is someone I would actually take. Would any of you take Pochettino? Uh, actually, I think I kind of would. And I know that's like, I? I, I know I just like burnt my own casket. I got it, Dan. Drew, I'm with you. But, well, the, but the fact that Spurs, I know Dan is going to he's going to pop his own tires. Like, I don't have heard this. But like, I just feel like for me, he's been let down by the way Levy's operated. But I think if you look at it tactically, I think and he called it. He said this this team needs a refresh, and we need depth. Or else we're just we've hit our level. We need to get that extra bump to get to the next level, and they didn't get it. And this is the result. But it's clear he knows how to develop players. If most players that he's brought in since he's been there have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he plays the right kind of football. Um, he's not afraid to also give chance to young players if they're good enough. We see that at Spurs and Spades, but not just their academy, but players they've brought in. He knows the league. He knows, you know, he know he's obviously knows language now. He knows, he knows London. So he he's already settled. It's not about even adjusting anymore. It's just about getting right to work with the, the new club. Um, we just have to make sure that if he says in that scenario, if, if he thinks something's not good enough, we have to back it. I think that 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 falls on Josh and KSE, and we're not broke. We're top seven richest club in the world. So there's money to be spent there. So if a new manager comes in, they need money. If it's not the whole checkbook, then yeah, it needs to happen. I would actually take him. Yeah. Danny, just all, all I'm saying is before we, we'll move on from this bit because I can see you're feeling a bit sick. Just imagine we get watching <laughs> for the rest of the season. We'll make top four. Spurs collapse even more, and in two, three seasons' time, we win the league with Pochettino. And as we get in the trophy, it's Sol Campbell coming out to present the Premier League trophy. That's why you want Pochettino. Oh, that makes sense now. You actually a manager as well, but that, that, would, that would be icing on the cake. Okay, we, we've got John. <laughs> and also it really wind up Chris it's kind of the other reason I want Mourinho oh imagine that oh god <laughs> if he thinks me and Jason moan in that WhatsApp chat can you imagine what Chris would be like if we got Mourinho right last question and there's sort of an OBW tradition it's got nothing to do with football um, <laughs> so you all get an answer to this one and this is from Fraz if you had to make one animal extinct between pigs or chickens which would you choose Richard uh pigs pigs fair enough i don't like crackling no there you go good answer uh drew i am black so what do you think i mean i didn't want to say but you know (laughs) chickens have to always remain so pork's gotta go (laughs) yeah yeah i understand danny well i did my dna on one percent black and one percent jewish (laughs) Uh, okay. No, well, just makes me yeah. thirsty. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, I have to. I oh, see. The thing is, I want to eat chicken. It's great. But looking at, I hate looking at them. I don't like them. Like a pig, you can have as a pet. Chickens freak me out. They've got weird feet. They used to be dinosaurs. Don't like them. But... Those pigs are clever, aren't they? You don't want to eat anything that's cleverer than you. In some of our listeners' cases. <laughs> <laughs> Or some ladies. Wee. Anyway, um, that's, that's all the questions for this week. So thank you. Uh, if you did send a question and we didn't get to it, apologies. Uh, we always try to answer all your questions when we can. I'll hand it back over to you, Danny. 
Cheers. Right. Um, because this uh, system doesn't allow us to cut and paste and post, I'd send those to John via DM. And there's only three from Five Score, and Ward's going to cut and paste and send these to, to Richard and then explain how to do it. But I thought we're live doing this to, during the show, so maybe I should have done this before the show started. Um, right, so the Five Forum question is, how can Emery turn the club around? Matt L. Roberts says, play Terea as a DM. Oh, I think I've said Terea all four ways you can say it now. That's excellent. Anyone mark that off on your OBW bingo card? Corey Austin says, turn left, turn left. Done turned it round. <laughs> You're now facing the other way, aren't you? Left and left. That's quite good, though. Yeah, I like that. And one arm bastard says, Arsenal back into the Champions League is the only answer. Acquiring Son Chu, I think that's the... Or Madison, in January would be a most effective, if not unrealistic way to of help that of helping that cause. But Unai does not like plumbers or Turks and is jealous of Madison's fancy haircut. <laughs> See? <laughs> told you one arm bastard is good that's a great answer yeah and the only reason i know how to say tonku is because uh as i watched leicester gym match of the day and i thought Fucking hell, they look good but you didn't mm-hmm. say right at all danny we still gotta yeah. work on your pronunciation of everything <laughs> how do you say it too? go on chalar is his first name and then chalar chalar is his first name that's how you yeah. pronounce it and then soyunchu is his last name dave to his mates <laughs> i mean when First said it, I thought you meant Sancho, as in Jaden's. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know. Got Madison, right, though? He did. Well, that's easy enough. No, in, in Japanese, everything is said phonetically, and I'd be perfectly fine. I, I still think you'd be fine there. Yeah, I know. You've probably got a point there. Right, I was waiting for someone to say what's next on this, but it's up to me, isn't it? Bloody hell, I forgot. So we've done that. So back up to the top, and our next thing on the list to do... Where is it? Gentlemen's knobs. Oh, yeah, I've, I've put stuff in the wrong order. Yes, it's a gentleman's nod. So while you lot are thinking of someone you'd like to say hello to, I will do the usual thanking the very kind people who are chucking money around like they've uh, it's going out of fashion. Michael Harneyman has uh, given us some money, and J-Rob did, and so did Ariane Hadari. And uh, all that money is going to go to our Movember. And while I'm doing my one, I might as well say our Movember. We have raised 511 quid. That's me, Shredder, Ellis, and Josh. Um, we took £75 of the money you gave us last time and put it into my Movember. After that, Josh said, oh, by the way, my company will double, put double in what what um, I've raised. So if I've raised 100, they'll put another 200 in. He said this after I'd used your 75 quid people and put it into my one. That's 150 quid the moustache people or no moustache people could have had. So, so far, we've uh, raised 511, but after Josh's work do their dirty deed, it's 755 quid. So if you'd like to go and chuck any money, is it's uh, send it via PayPal to Wonderland at gmail.com or go to any of our the podcast or my one if you go to my um uh, pinned tweet on at the gfp you will see i've got my november pinned on there and then you can go down and have a look at the group one it's got all four of us in the group best go donate to josh not to me because his company are going to put double in what he gets and uh yeah so it's, it's working out very well and as my daughter keeps reminding me and my name says there i have a face like a scrotum now <laughs> I also like the fact that your face recognition on your phone doesn't recognise you anymore. How did you know that? that? <laughs> did I tell you? Yeah, you did. Oh, I was it earlier. It doesn't, right. doesn't recognise me. Bastard. That's, that's some kind of racism going on there, I'm sure it is. I can't shave this off. No. I'm like Samson. If I shave my beard off, I lose all my strength. So, You've got no sorry. lip. Yeah, and that as well. There's no lip. 
The last time I shaved my beard, my youngest daughter cried. So <laughs> I, 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 I legit bawling her eyes out tears. Sharma's um, laughing in tears at me, not with me or for me. John, who would you like to give a gentleman's nod to? Um, I have two. Uh, one is to our very own Simon Collins, who is living it up. He says he's working. He's uh, not bullshit. really. He's out in Portugal. He's done some reporting on the Emory Conference. He's probably slinging back cocktails now, isn't he? On the same yeah. Um, so Simon doing very well. He's got a good piece up on the press conference. So if you go to at sr underscore Collins, uh, you can find that. Uh, you should be following Simon anyway. He did a very good gag where Emery said, "Confirmed there will be no second vote for Arsenal's captaincy. This isn't Brexit." He didn't say the second bit. Um, but the other shout out is a really random one. She won't even be listening. Is to my niece, who funny story I told the guys earlier. She sent an email to Boris Johnson. She's only just turned eight years old. Sent an email saying, why are you holding an election on December the 12th? My school was used for voting. Now my Christmas play has moved. I don't know who my parents are voting for. Good luck. And no one prompted to do it. She did it all herself and came up with it. So well done, Annabelle. Has, she had a re- has Annabelle had a reply? No, not yet. Sadly, Boris has not got back to her. But I, I think he's she's cut him to the bone there with that one. But she's very upset that her Christmas play has been moved. I'd have been delighted if they'd have cancelled Sean's Christmas plays. They were fucking painful. <laughs> Um, I can see because you've been talking so much, John. I'm just waiting for you to get on with the rest of the show. And it's not, I meant to be oh, kind of, yeah. Richard. Have, have you got a shout out for anyone? <laughs> uh, my shout out is to uh, the girls at the Evolve Development Center, uh, which is a, a girls' football academy in West London, uh, ages five to 16. Uh, they're affiliated with uh, Hamwell Town and Arsenal Ladies. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been uh, coaching down there for a couple of months now, and uh, yeah, really really great uh, group of girls, really really rewarding. See, Richard has a nice sensible one, and like just shows us all up. But there you go, uh, Drew. Have you got a sensible one, or are you as stupid as me and Danny? Uh, I mean, I guess it's sensible. I know he doesn't listen very often, but uh, happy belated birthday to my big brother who turned forty. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. Maybe one day I'll get to meet him because he's even taller than I am. <laughs> possible we'd live in the clouds if that was the case he currently does <laughs> okay right uh, upcoming shows this wednesday is abw live with just me and josh at the moment we haven't got anybody else for that so um you might not have any viewers because the time of the kickoff it's ridiculous <laughs> and it's going to be less than an hour long because me and sean are going up to um cambridge after that we're going to go see the joker and stuff ourselves full of gluten-based nonsense right um so thank you very much everyone for joining me what i'm going to do is close the show and then we're going to pretend that the show is closed and we're going to do a little bit of extras at the end and i'm going to tell you how i was meant to open the show so when i say it's closed thank you much good night don't go anywhere stay here for five minutes so thank you very much everybody for watching this has been a bird count wonderland you have had guests tonight of john thank you danny i don't know what i did that i did that the wrong way around uh, <laughs> thanks for having me it's been uh, very good drew thank you very much for having us um mm. joining us back shows it's, it's brilliant to have you back on thanks very much you might get a call next week as well because uh yeah. <laughs> my lot of lurgy they've all uh they've all got jobs and lives 
just ridiculous and they're moving and chris has got a new computer people i know he's been chris first did a show with us 212 years ago finally he has got his old windows 3.1 computer replaced with something a little bit better when it's actually got an ssd in there and he had a panic attack when it arrived because they send when you buy a pc they send all the old boxes and he opened it up and went oh there's boxes how am i going to cope with this i said no all the stuff's on the inside of the computer let's give you the boxes anyway so um, yeah, this has been a Burkamp Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you later. I don't press stop now. I don't. Wait a little while. See, some will go. Some will have fallen asleep. Wake up! Some will have fallen asleep. <laughs> I should tell you how I spent the the show. It was uh, last I'm week. I'm intrigued, to be honest, because I don't know how you were supposed to open it either. <laughs> don't ever. I'm not going to take it away. It's ridiculous. It was meant to be. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find us, maybe you can hire the ABW team. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not even that funny. But it's just oh, it's terrible. I was desperate. I was going to do one. Uh, I was going to go, uh, if we bleed, you can kill us. What's that from? Oh, no, if it bleeds, you can kill it. That's Predator, yeah. There you go. Well, that one have been better. Maybe I should go and edit that one in. I just oh. thought, what? I've done nearly five, nearly 600 shows, and I thought I'll start spicing it up a little bit, chucking shit in, but it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Drew, what's your NFL team, or don't you have one? I suppose you do. No, I don't. I hate NFL. Yeah, you, sir. What's yours? (laughs) Can't stand it. You got one, John? Yeah, the Saints. Oh, yeah, I can tell by the accent. New Orleans. Yeah. So should be the Dolphins should be allowed to move away from a group that involves the Patriots. That's just, just no, there's no point. Yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they don't play the Patriots 16 times either. Play everybody else who's also better than them 16 times. Yeah. 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 I know. Me. I'm just saying. Hey, by the way, if you guys, have any of you guys ever thought about doing Gunnar Gras ever? Oh, well, I don't do either. Lunar Gras. It's a it's it's basically like an Arsenal Mardi Gras in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike um, brilliant. Yeah, I, I was thinking of going there next year because my mate lives in. He does it. Um, he lives in New Orleans. Nice. We're still recording. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, I just don't think John will make it back alive if he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a place to go though! That'd be great. Nine months later, all inundated with tweets of little babies with beards. There's three of them. There is, there is an issue with certain cities I can't go back to anymore, just in case. But, you know. <laughs> there you go. Have you been? No, I haven't been. I'm trying to go either this this one or next one around. So one of the next two I'm trying to go. Peter Shredder. He'll, um, I know you, you, you um, probably know lots of people to go. Uh, Mike and And, I think they yep. both. Mike and Andy Shredder goes. Jessica from uh, Arsenal, New York goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Bunch of oh, God damn it. Into a fucking. Oh, 2 new up. Yeah. It's tonight, isn't there? Yeah. Champions in, League. Into a 2 new up, Danny, away at Dortmund. I've just seen the Vecino go as well. It's a beautiful move. And we lost 3 2. Don't worry, Barca couldn't even beat Slavia Prague at home. That's why I said Valverde. Because well, I saw yeah. you talking about it earlier and he was That's not very happy. <laughs> I did, a, did, um, did you guys hear what was happening in the Chelsea game? Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. yeah they like two people sent off as well. I did a semi-interesting tweet at the weekend. 
I don't oh. believe it for a minute. <laughs> it's usually just nonsense. Um, but I think some people actually liked it. Uh, and Blind got sent off. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you go. I put. I, I didn't tweet out because you can only tweet out. So people stop saying tweet out. I tweeted. We, you think we had a poor game? Levante three, Barcelona one. Levante were twelfth and an average of one goal a game before that game. Barca had a front three of Messi, Suarez, and Greasy Man, and they scored with a pen, and they lost. <laughs> they lost the uh, yeah, 3-1. PSG lost 2-1 two way, two away to the bottom of the league, Gijon. That's for Chris. And Bayern lost 5-1 away too. Yeah. There you go. What do you think to that, Drew? What's going on? Are we getting the, the light end of this, uh, this schlobbernocker? I mean, no, Barca are still top of the table, but everyone knows they're playing like shit and they're not making excuses for it. That's the difference. We're trying to find reasons to make excuses for our play. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God, would people stop putting up tweets about Oompa? Oom- uh, I was going to say Oompa. Oompa I, please don't. Please yeah. don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. It's never happening. I'm not. I'm not. I can't. I cannot. I can't. <laughs> Drives me absolutely boring with tears. Tammy Abraham is so good. He's now started scoring for the other teams, hasn't he? He scored the other. <laughs> That's how good he is. Oh, dear. oh now everyone's saying uh, Tamori is like next second coming because he's had a good twelve match spell for Chelsea in his first year. So, is I do find it slightly worrying that they bring in a manager who you know I know he did all right in the Championship Lampard, well quite well obviously. Did he get to the playoffs? He did, didn't he? Yeah, for, he did. Oh, yeah, they finished. Um, but they sell their best player and get a transfer ban, and he just brings in all these youngsters who have not played. And I know they've got a great academy and everything, but they've not played any Premier League football, and they're doing that well. It's just like yeah, he's, he's just playing the way they should be playing. It's not it's yeah. not even complicating. It. And their midfield is balanced, to be fair. Yeah, so, uh, which we don't have. About so, yeah. mm. I mean, that that's the prime example when people say, "Oh, we can't have Arteta." I just say, "Look what you know Lampard is doing. It's not right." You know. Yeah, and every time I hear, like, see interviews and stuff about Arteta and people talking about him, his coaching and things he said to certain players, and apparently he was key in, like, teaching Delph about playing left-back and convinced the club to keep Delph at City and stuff. And I know people will say, oh, Fabian Delph, he's not that good a player. But you look at this, the when he was playing all that time and the things he did, he developed so much as a player, was a much better footballer. It's, I don't know. See. Nine games in December, and that's if they get knocked out of the the, the football world cup, whatever it's called. Mm. The uh, that's if they don't win the second game of that, but they got a game on the 17th and the uh, 14th, 17th, and 18th. So they're playing back to back games, yeah. He said he's gonna have basically split his squad into two teams, that's all he can do. Well, I'm just yeah. looking at the uh, what's the FC oh, FIFA World Club Cup. Well, so far, all the the, the semi finals are Liverpool. Win a match two, win a match three, and a qualifier. And I've never heard of any of those teams, so I think they're probably going to get to the final with this. Mm. So how does that work? Oh, it'd be the, the uh, Champions League winner, the Copa America winger, winner, the uh, Asia Pacific, whatever it's called, yeah. their Champions League, okay. and then I guess like the Middle East or African, the Concacaf one or something. I'm sorry. Don't the teams in North America play one? I remember watching because Atlanta won Atlanta won the uh, the MLS Cup, and then they go into another tournament, and it's the winner of that tournament. Yeah, there's um, so they have a tournament that involves like the best from MLS and the best from the Mexican League. Yeah, and then the winner of that goes. So. Well, that'll be a Mexican team then. Most likely, yeah, they're just better. Simple as that, really. And would it be any Australian teams in? In case Dom's in it, listening, <laughs> <laughs> there might be. I don't know. 
not quite sure. Uh, yeah, because they could, if they won the Asia Champions League, thing, yeah. whatever it's called. Um, Usually yeah. it's a Japanese or Korean team that wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Podolski's back. I was about to say, Vizel Kobe, maybe they'll win with Podolski in it. Yeah. 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 He, was had, he was out for five months. He's played a couple of, there's three games I think he's played, a few minutes at the end of each game, and they are awful considering the players they've got there and the amount of money that that, that company is playing them. Racket Raka Tennis, isn't it, or something like that? It used to be Play.com in the UK. Oh, Rakuten. It's the one uh, Barca has, right? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Why they, all the ex-Barcelona players, players are going there. And I always Is that the one that Iniesta plays for? Yeah. Played for. And who's, who was the other one um, with Iniesta in the Barcelona midfield who went to play in Saudi? Xavi. Uh, Palita? Xavi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, how, I remember the name of Xavi's team because when I think about it, it makes me sad and it's Al S-A-A-D. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, that's how you remember people. Static tights, static nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could just go on talking nonsense for ages now, couldn't we? I've got to go. People, if you listen to this, 10 p.m. every weeknight on talk radio, go listen to Ian Lee and Flipping Kath. It's now two minutes past 10. I need to go because I'm going to go and listen to them and I might even ring up. I am member number 24, Danny from God Manchester, and I am the official Twitter correspondent, because he has those, and I often ring up and go, yeah, the Twitter news, and there's been none. And it annoys me. We've got a Shawaddy Waddy one who accidentally become the Shawaddy Waddy correspondent and hates Shawaddy Waddy. And so uh, Ian will go, and here we have the Shawaddy Waddy correspondent. What news have you got? I don't like Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> and now he's got Shawaddy Waddy to come on the programme. That's going to be fun. And he said, do you want to come on an interview? And he said, no, I'm not coming. You do it. <laughs> Danny, stop it. Just turn it off. This <laughs> <laughs> why shows are so late. Uh, oh, there you go. That's a little bit of extras for people of, of why everyone doesn't come on the show anymore. <laughs> I'm pressing end. End broadcast. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business.